feels great. You know, it's my first time to the Northeast. Uh, I've been in New York City, but like the true, I feel like this is the true Northeast. So being around this cold weather, which I'm not really used to, being from the South, and it's been, it's been quite the awakening. I got to wear a sweater everywhere I go. I feel like I'm, I'm losing out. every single tan that I ever had. It's gone. So just trying to get used to that right now. Oh, I'm like, I get here and I'm like, Jesus, like, is it really this cold? I mean, it's ice out there. It's crazy. No, that's what I heard. I heard when it gets to May, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm good. What's uh, your approach to this job? My approach is to, to get it back to an elite level that it's been in the past. Uh, you know, like Slater left and those guys and the Super Bowl runs that they had, get to a level of, hey, being in that top five, being a, guy, a, a, a team where every play we take the field, teams got to prepare for us because we're going to play at an elite, elite level. Your experience uh, has been in college, and you switched over to the NFL. How different is coaching special teams in the NFL compared to college? I think it's the margin of error. At this level, the margin of error is so tight. You you miss a field goal, you give up a big return. That one play right there can cost you the game. Whereas in college, you know, depending on what type of team you're playing, whether it's an FCS type team or a team that's not at your level of talent, you know that that you can have a, a significant advantage there. This level, everyone's the same level playing field. Everyone's good, so those thin margin, uh, margins of errors are crucial. Jeremy, I'm curious because you just mentioned it's your first time in the Northeast. Obviously, in the kicking game here, weather could be a big factor. How do you plan to try to learn everything that goes into that so that you're prepared for the regular season? Two ways. We practice outside all week. So those guys are around it all the time. They're kicking in it. It's not like we're going to go in the indoor. It's a short indoor. We're going hit to the, hit the roof. So we're going to practice in it all the time. And then my assistant, Tom Quinn, that I have, he's does an unbelievable job. He's, he was a New York Giants special teams coordinator for a number of years. He's been in these environments. He can always help with some of the little things, inputs that maybe I'm not used to right there. Do you have a previous relationship with Tom Quinn? Just through, just through the coaching network. Uh, and we've been friends since then. And I just always stayed in touch with the guy. And he's been a reference for me, guys that have been there, done that. I got a lot of respect for those guys. And, and I got a lot of respect for him. Yes, ma'am. I was. Yeah, definitely was. And he's been a guy that for a number of years that if I ever got this opportunity that he'd be a guy that was on top of my list. Jeremy, how did that work today? Who are your mentors in the coaching profession? Mentors, Michael, so first and foremost, Jeff Banks, uh, Texas, uh, Texas. He was at Texas A&M when he hired me. I played for him at UTEP. He's at Texas now, special teams coordinator, assistant head coach. But that's my number one guy. Joe D. Camillus is a guy that I worked under. Has had a lot of influence on me in my career. And a number of other coaches there. But in terms of special teams right there, those guys have been really key in my growth early on in my years. Jeremy, you coached a lot of young guys last year in special teams. What did that kind of teach you as a coach? Development, man. It's all about development. And it's all about the process. I mean, that team that we, we had was very young. But sticking to the process, sticking to the development, Day by day, not trying to get ahead of ourselves. Hey, just take it one day at a time. It's all going to click at some point. We just got to believe in the process. Hey, you said that you wanted to get back to a top five special teams unit. How do you gauge a top five special teams unit personally? There's a number of ways. I think, you know, uh, how we're covering, what our net punt looks like, how efficient our specialists are, how good our returners are, and it's just how good we are really in the coverage game. When we get our returns, how effective we are there. Just an overall, and I think every year is different. I think it depends on the team, depending on what you're doing with that team, whether you're a big return team or not, or maybe you don't have a returner, so you're not returning the ball a whole lot, but you're a big-time coverage team, you're punting the ball quite a bit. It just kind of depends on the flow of that season. Jeremy, when you studied Chad Ryan, who uh, obviously struggled last year as a rookie, do you see identifiable things he can change to perhaps improve his efficiency? 
Of course, man. It, it was, it's really early in the process right now. You know, I'm still getting here, still figuring out, getting a routine of things. Uh, but, you know, being in the NFL and watching every team, there's only 32 of them, right? So, like, we're watching everybody. Um, so I've seen, you know, I also was part of that process when he was getting drafted of going to work out the kid in person, right? So I know the guy. I know his character. I know what kind of work habits that he has. So it definitely is, but early in the process right now and is trying to figure all that out as we plan for when those guys come back. Talked about the history of the Patriots special teams before you referenced Matthew Slater and where they've been in past years. I'm just curious if you could expand on that a little bit, your knowledge of what special teams has meant to New England here over the last decade plus. Yeah, I mean, just being a fan, uh, Anna Vinatieri hitting the big time field goals, you know, uh, big time block punts against the Cowboys in, in early in the, the early 2000s or late 2000s, right there. I just think certain plays where it was a one score game here and a block punt, a one score game field goal or a big time tackle or a big time ball down inside the 10 yard line those type of plays those one plays those thin margin of errors I talked about earlier are crucial and I've seen a lot of those play, plays made in this building on that field from being a fan in the past I know he's sum up what it means to you to get this job huge man you know uh, again I talk about the process I talk about young guys and as a coach you know being where I started as a graduate assistant working my way up it's an opportunity at the end of the day. It's an opportunity to, to be one of the 32 coaches as a coordinator at this level, and I don't, I don't take that lightly. I'm very humbled and grateful for it. Thankful to Coach Mayo gave me the opportunity, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to keep this job and be effective and successful at it and help this team win games at the end of the day. When, when Benetieri kicked the field goal in the snow, you were just a kid. Where were you? What were you doing? What was your reaction? Great question right there. Okay, I got to really think about that a little. But I was back in Los Resnos, Texas, where I'm from. Okay, I was at the second floor of our two-story uh, uh, house right there, townhome, watching it on TV with my brother. Jeremy, uh, Matthew Slater mentioned that he was glad he didn't retire um, earlier because of Brendan's school and being able to be around him. I'm not sure how much you've gotten to watch, but what have you uh, gotten to learn about Brendan from you know, what you I know Brendan's school. I coached his brother at University of Arizona. Okay, and also Brennan Schooler was with us for about three months until he transferred to the University of Texas. So I know Schooler from that standpoint. I know what kind of guy he is. I know the kind of character that he has. So I think, you know, Slater molding him and what he's done on the field is just going to continue to progress because I know what kind of kid he is. I'm excited to work with him, man. I, like I said, California kid. I know a lot about him, his backstory, and like I said, I just can't wait to get to work with that guy right there. Can you expand on that answer just on the Vinatieri field goal? Just like you said. Just expand on it. Yeah, I think I was. I think I might have been 12 years old. I know I was in junior high. I know I was in junior high. I was in South Texas, where I'm from. So it was sunny outside. It was a beautiful day, and I, I'd never been in snow before. So I was watching that, watching that game. I was like, "Damn, that's that looks really cold." And I thought it was just a big time play, and it was it was fun to watch it as a fan. <laughs> I don't know. Do you I'm, think watching it though that you'd be here in this position today? Like, I always like, wanted to be in the NFL, like whether I, I was a player. Or a coach. I knew if I wasn't going to be there as a player, I was going to coach in the NFL at some point. So I knew that at that point. That was on my goal sheet. Everything I wrote down when I was a young kid, that was on there. So thanks for asking that question right there. Jeremy, I know you were Last question, you know, what was used to be the uh, youngest head coach in the league with, with Sean. Uh, <laughs> you're going to yourself for coordinator position. Why, why are you ready for this at 34? I care about the people. I, I think it's all about the people. You know, I love working to people. I want to show them that I love them. I think if you show people that you love them and you care about them and you serve them and you put them first, that it doesn't matter how old you are. You get that part of it right there. They're going to play hard for you. You're going to work hard for them. And it all goes in circle right there. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all.